Welcome back to another edition of the Mighty Sports Podcast. I am your host, the one and only talent, Thomas Taylor. It is August 30th. We're still here in South Florida. It's 88 degrees. We're having a lovely weather. And we have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about today. Obviously, as we had the Mayweather and Pacquiao, not Mayweather and Pacquiao, but the McGregor and Mayweather fight that just passed. We still have this Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas trade up in the mix. We have a local hometown favorite doing some big things down here in Florida. We'll touch about that. And the judge in New York is about to get benched. That and more on the Mighty Sports Podcast, but you know what I say, regardless of the time, it's 8 p.m., regardless of the weather, 88 degrees, it is always a good time to talk some sports, so, let's talk some sports, back at it like a sports fanatic, woo! That's not the horn I wanted. There we go. That's the horn I wanted. But before we get any further, first, we're going to have a quick moment of silence. I don't, do we call it a moment of silence? I don't want to have a moment of silence because that's proclaiming that is a whole lot dead. So let's not even do that. Our hearts are going to go out to the people down there in Texas. In the, in, the, in the Houston area, in the flooded area that's being attacked or, or being affected by Hurricane Harvey. Ironically, Harvey happens to be my brother's last name. Just say it. Just say it. But if you guys want to get involved, if you guys want to donate, just remember that you could go to redcross.org. That's, you know how to spell Red Cross, right? Redcross.org. As soon as you open up the website, you should see a tab available right there that says donate, and it will take you to the backslash hurricane-harvey website, or backslash donate, backslash hurricane-harvey website. So if you guys are looking to, if you guys are looking to donate, that's exactly how you do it. Go to redcross.org, and with that out the way, we are here to talk some sports. So let's go ahead and just get ready to talk some sports, because over the weekend, over the weekend, over the weekend, we had an opportunity to see two of the biggest named fighters of their respective sports come through and clash like a train, like 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 two supernovas, like. Is that enough fireworks for 10 rounds? <laughs> That's a lot of fire. But they gave us fireworks. And they gave us the kind of show that we hope to see, even though we all knew the results. We all knew it was good. And listen, I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't tell the whole entire world that you guys, were, that McGregor was going to get knocked out in the third round. Yes, I said that. I'm still the one that says that Mayweather should have beat him in the first round. Yes, I still say that. I'm going to sit here. And I'm going to tell you a whole bunch of things, even though I know I said that. It still should have happened. It still could have happened. And all this stuff about Mayweather being 40, and and you hear the birds too, see? And, and this is why. This is why I'm upset. Like, I'm a, like I'm, first of all, first of all, I'm going to tell you why I'm mad, son. I'm going to tell you why I'm mad, all right? What happens here is that, so in case, in case you're one of the few... And I said a very few, one of the very few people that has not heard or watched this fight, then we had a 10-round fight between Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Conor McGregor being the being the double being the double wielding champion of the only double wielding champion of his sport. And Floyd Mayweather being the undefeated champion of his sport, 49 and 0, going for 50, going for that Marky Rossiano record. Even though didn't Marky Rossiano do it in the heavyweight division? And that's the reason why that number has been so 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 spectacular look at because then having guys like 
Julio Cesar Chavez or something like that, gone like 87 wins without a loss. Well, we ain't going to get into that right now because that's not what we're here to highlight. We're here to highlight Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. And it went 10 rounds. And the only reason it went 10 rounds because this had to be the perfect fighter. Like, you understand, the same way that Conor McGregor was the perfect was the perfect promotional partner for Floyd Mayweather, and that's the reason why Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, I can't speak all of a sudden today, was able to to accumulate an access of over four hundred something thousand dollars just from the just from the fight alone. We're talking about money that he was also able to bet to bet on himself and and also win. <laughs> we understand. We're talking about all all the box numbers, all of the promotion numbers, all of everything that that comes along with it that helped. Floyd Mayweather become the third billionaire, if, if everything com- comes correctly, the third sports billionaire ever, behind only Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. In that order, I believe. In that order, I believe. I'm not sure where Michael Jordan broke that Billy mark. So, so, so as 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 we as we go further, right? I'll bring it back. Bring it back. He, um, the same way that Conor McGregor was the perfect promotional partner for Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather was the perfect fighter for Conor McGregor. Because the way that we know that Floyd Mayweather fights, Floyd Mayweather plays a, um, plays a fights in a perpetual um, rope-a-dope kind of fashion. Where, listen, you're gonna, especially at this stage in his career, you're going to throw a lot more punches at him than he's going to throw at you. It's just that the punch that he throws at you is going to be a lot more accurate. We've learned this. And we've also learned that most people can't hit him. Even though Conor McGregor hit him more than anybody else. And we could see early on, it wasn't even... I don't think that... I don't think that Mayweather even felt that Conor McGregor could be hurt. And that's that's part of the reason why you've seen the walk down. It was that Conor McGregor wasn't a boxer. He wasn't a striker. He was just a puncher. And a lot of the times he was out there throwing punches and more so in value, trying to be the busier man, trying to look, trying to be the one that, that, that just, that connects, trying to w- see if he can win some rounds. And we're going to say, we're going to be perfectly honest. Like, we're going to be perfectly, perfectly Let's just be honest. Let's just be real. That even Conor McGregor could have... I told you this last week. Conor McGregor could have been training for three years, five years, and I still don't think that he would have beat Mayweather. But Mayweather stood there, took a lot of punches that he knew wasn't wasn't painful, and when it came down to it, Conor McGregor and everybody else wants to use the excuse, oh, he lasted 10 rounds. Listen... If he would have been in there with anybody that was a top 15 boxer right now, anybody that was an offensive type of fighter, you understand Conor McGregor is going out because his technique wasn't there. Like, he's, he looked good against against Mayweather. That's what's part of the plan, for him to look good. But then when we actually do the numbers, the numbers show that eh, it wasn't really that good. I'm telling you, people don't understand that Mayweather fights are completely... Are completely, completely, completely graded on a on a different scale than what most other fighters or fights are are judged on. Because normally, what you say is that oh, you have to come and take the belt from the from the champ. And so people have gotten this in their head that take the belt from the champ means that you could just look busier than the champ. And normally, if you had a champion that you were sitting there blow, throwing blows by blows, blow by blows, and the numbers looked a little bit even, then you could say, oh, this guy was busier than the champ, this guy should win it. But when the champ that you know of is a counter puncher, and you can look as busy as you want, but if nothing lands, especially with no percentage, because you're going for basically volume over percentage, and he go for percentage over value, or precision over value, then everything gets turned around. McGregor looked good. And like we said, more than anything, more than anything, more than anything, he was the perfect, Mayweather that is, was the perfect fighter for McGregor 
to also look good. Because without Mayweather, McGregor doesn't look this good. You understand? What happened to McGregor in the 10th round, you understand somebody that's a, that's a much more offensive fighter. Like, let's say he fought Miguel Cotto. Miguel Cotto is chewing him up in three rounds. The same three rounds that I said that Mayweather was going to chew him up in. Yes, Miguel Cotto chews him up in three rounds. He gets in there with, with, with McGillicully or whatever this, this guy's name is, Golumkin. You know, Jan Triple G, he gets eaten up. He gets in there with Canelo Alvarez. He gets eaten up. You, you you put him in there with that dude that just fought the other day, Locomotive. He gets eaten up. You put him against that black dude that's supposed to be the one of the top three. He gets eaten up. You put him against Andre Ward. Now, I know I'm going to a bunch of people. And at and, and this point in time, I'm not even taking into consideration what the, what, the, what the respective weight class would be. I'm just telling you, you put him in against anybody else. Anybody else that isn't sitting on their heels and just waiting for him just to tie himself out. And also put, put, on, a, put on kind of a show for the people that are paying $100 per pay-per-view order, then yeah, they put on the show. $100,000 tickets is what we were talking about here. Enzo Amari. So they put on the show. And even though the show was being put on, when Mayweather decided to let loose, when Mayweather decided that he was going to finally become the aggressor, They stopped him early. Yes, I am going to say it right here and right now. They stopped it early. So two things already happened that I that I believe that are in McGregor's favor and it is against and, and is again and is not against Mayweather's favor or the favor of boxing period because you see the cynics coming out, right? You do it. You you see the cynics coming out. And you see the trollers coming out. And you hear them talking. And you hear them saying that, yes, the fight was stopped early. And even I think the fight was stopped early because, to be honest with you, we understand McGregor's a tough SOB. And we understand that he is, he is, he is the champion of two different weight divisions of the UFC. And we understand that normally, under normal circumstances, he, makes, he doesn't make promises, he makes predictions. You understand, he, he, he fancies himself a kind of Paul Heyman-ish kind of guy. I'm telling you, these guys are learning how to make their money. <laughs> Like, I have just begun, but anybody else he fights, he's going down in one. It was an early stoppage for the simple fact, Conor McGregor wanted to be a fighter, wanted to be a boxer. It's just like if Mayweather would have went into the, in, into the octagon, or any boxer goes into the octagon, they say to you, hey, you want to be a cage fighter, cage fighters have to worry about, and all they do, they do, very quickly, they take him down, they choke him out, they beat him up. That's what they do, right? So if Conor McGregor wants to be a boxer, if Conor McGregor is saying to himself or saying to the world that I want to step inside this boxing ring, I want to be a boxer, I want to, I want to take my shot at boxing, then shouldn't you allow him to get knocked down at least once? Shouldn't you hold him responsible for, for answering the 10 count? Let him be a true boxer. Let him fall on his ass bag and make him, force him. To answer a 10 count. Force him to get back up on his own will. Force him to look the referee in the eyes. Take two steps forwards and present his gloves and say, yes, I want more of the beating than I know is coming to me. Let him say that. At least one time before you go covering up and stopping him. Because we're gonna go to a break soon, so let's let's get this, let's drive this point home. Actually, let's not. Let's go to a commercial break. We'll touch back on this Mayweather and McGregor fight, and who knows? We may even talk some baseball. Let me put you in the game. Being taken advantage of isn't a game and it needs to stop. Aren't you tired of being ripped off by those other guys? Then, head to Multiverse Video Games and get the value you deserve on your games and gaming product. Your games cost money, and you shouldn't feel like you're just giving them away. So why continuously buy a membership for prices and deals that you should be getting anyway? Multiverse Games not only has fair pricing and great trading deals, Multiverse has a wide variety of games, not just all your popular next-gen titles, but also all your favorite old-school titles and systems. Starting as early as Atari and Nintendo, to as current as PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, and yes, that does include PlayStations, GameCubes, and Xboxes in between. Even family-owned and operated both for 10 years, 
Lanes just off the intersection of 183rd and 7th Avenue in the Nurses Registry Plaza. That's conveniently located at 830 Northwest 183rd Street, Miami Jones, Florida 33169. Believe it or not, just five minutes from Sunlight Stadium, 790 the ticket, and oh no, let's not forget Tootsie's Adult Entertainment Center. Multivest Games, where you save more so you can play more. Thank you for listening. If you are listening, that means you are listening live. You're listening right now, Wednesday night. That means you're listening live on mytradio.net. Yes, folks, mytradio.net. This is where you can find everything in your MyT needs. Whether it's the MyT Sports Podcast, whether it's the Spill on the Radio, whether it is DJ Scepter's nearest whereabouts, or songs by some local DJs, or mixes by local DJs, or songs by some local artists like my favorite Bushy B right now. Yes, the same person that allowed me to put down the Jay-Z album. Now, before we get back into talking about McGregor and Mayweather, I know you, I know you guys are thinking like, this damn, we don't have a guest this year, or this, or this show. I know it's weird. So, we still have the first two shows as a guest, and unfortunately, if you're trying to look for that second episode, that is just lost in the wind. You have to catch that episode. You you would have had to catch that episode live and recorded it yourself. That episode is a phantom episode. It does not exist anywhere, shape, or form. But that doesn't mean that this one won't, Natalie. <laughs> as she came down from New York and she made a guest appearance on the show... Folks, it was electric. It was hot. And I'm not talking that only because that we were in a closed space and the, and I didn't put the AC down enough. I mean, because there was all kinds of body heat and friction and all kinds of chemistry going on. Yeah, I said it. Yeah, I said it. Hold on, where we at? She did good. She did good for her first time around. But you know what that means. That horn really means that we got a little bit of breaking news for you. Some my tea breaking news and that is we have the texans we have some baseball for you not the baseball we're going to talk about but the baseball that we are talking about live right now we have the rangers versus the houston texas texas rangers where's the houston rangers something like that and the texans are up six to one over houston as we have said earlier houston is going through all kinds of madness right now as I believe that Dallas and Houston football game has been canceled for tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. And oh yes, people, if you're worried about the fantasy football draft, don't worry. It is going to be pushed up a couple more days. It's going to be that Wednesday. I did realize I made a little bit of a mistake and I haven't saw it a little bit earlier. Okay, there we go. There goes your disclaimer. I hope you guys were listening. So back to this Mayweather-McGregor thing, right? Back here. Back here again. So... Like I said, so not only do I believe it was an early stoppage that worked in McGregor's McGregor's favor, fighting Mayweather, a guy that happens to be a very defensive guy, is going to allow you to wear yourself out. Well, he's going to allow you to throw all of your best punches. And he didn't punish him as much as as he does most people in the early rounds. He really let him punch himself out before he decided to take him out. But like I said, it's all wins for McGregor. It is all wins. McGregor got three wins today. Even though he took one L, he made he took three W's. He lasted ten rounds against boxers' greatest boxer technically, and that's what they're gonna say. Ten rounds against the greatest the greatest boxer of all time with fifty and zero. That's what Mayweather's calling him the best ever, and McGregor has lasted ten rounds against him going in his own, going against his own sport, um, fighting his first fight ever. He's gonna say that he never knocked him down. Which is something that Mayweather promised. Mayweather asked him one qu- I remember out of all of the things that Mayweather said to him. Mayweather only asked him one question or one question only. How do you want to go out? On your back or on your stomach? How, do you want to go out laying on your face or on your ass? And he didn't, and he didn't deliver any of them. Because he gets stopped early. McGregor has that as well. So now boost his mystique as a striker or whatever it may be as he prepares for this rubber match against 
my boy oh i love the way he fights even though i'm calling him my boy and describing him right now just because i can't remember the name nate diaz <laughs> But if McGregor has done nothing else, as, as we said, like I said, he keeps up in that stock of his. So if the, McGregor's biggest fight was $15 million, and we saw that, I, I think, with maybe Nate. Now McGregor is, being, is able to say, hey, I'm worth double that now. Because my biggest payday now just came with 75 mil, right? Now he's saying, okay, you know what? I'm double what I'm worth in the UFC, even though it may only be a third what I was worth in the biggest boxing match ever. Which is still do him good. Let's say McGregor has a four to five year plan left after this. Or whatever it may be. McGregor now you're talking about it should be a guy that, that commands an easy $25 million per fight. And if McGregor, if McGregor stays to be one of those guys that are fighting two, three, four times a year. Right? Because he is champion. He has two champions in two weight classes. So he's a guy that may, may be fighting two, three, four times a year. But let's go with the four times a year. Let's just go with three times a year. He fights three times a year for the next four years. And we are talking about $300 million he gets to make himself. If he does it for four times out of the next four years, we're talking about $400 million. Extend it out to the five-year plan, like I say. And yes, Conor McGregor can leave there in the next five years grossing half a billion dollars the same half a billion dollars that that mayweather just earned in one night for fighting him mcgregor can 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 accumulate that in his next 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 20 fights i know it sounds like a lot but it'll be his next 20 fights <laughs> he would literally have to fight at least three to four times a year for the next but it'll be so worth it for him to get 20 more fights out of the way now you also have to say that hey that's 20 fights at the top of your game can he maintain that well, most people, you don't figure, can, can win their next eight fights in a row. But you see what also what happens with McGregor? McGregor has created the persona where he doesn't have to be undefeated. He doesn't have to not lose. You see, people like people like Floyd Mayweather, after a while, his record became his under, he became his undefeated record. And without that undefeated record, Mayweather is just another is just another guy. But Conor McGregor is able to become so much more than that, being that he has already lost and he is willing to take on anybody. Like another person that their undefeated record was more about, was more of who they were than actually their skills, Ronda Rousey. And we see that as soon as that, that mystique was over, what happened to her? Like she, like she, she was on suicide watch. The only reason that she had a reason to live is because she got a boyfriend. And what happens the moment that he wants to leave her? She has no more reason to live. I said, I always thought that was a scary thing. So, McGregor has a chance, as, he already, as, he, as he's already a part of history, he has a chance to continue to make that history. If he continues with a very thought-out plan in the next four or five years throughout his UFC career. But when we talk about legacies, right? When we talk about legacies, there's probably no bigger legacies than the ones that are held in probably baseball more than anything else, right? Because just like how we all know, at least I don't even know if we know the football ones, because those have, those have been recently broken, set and reset and rebroken. But Adrian Peterson was chasing the, the, the single season rushing record a couple years ago, 2,100 nine yards or something like that you understand we know the all-time scoring leader in the nba is thirty-eight thousand three hundred and eighty-three points and that's the same that way that we happen to know that there are 73 home runs that are allegedly required to maintain your name at the top of the list or to be tied at the top of the list for the most home runs in a single season that record is held by the one and only Barry Bonds. Now, the only problem with that particular record is that we all know now that Barry Bonds was a juicer. He took steroids. He pumped that shit into his veins that made your dick go small. Just saying. 
he did that. Because he saw guys like Mark McGuire with 70 home runs and number two. Sammy Sosa. The black Sammy Sosa, not the white guy that you guys see around walking around now. Just put up 66 home runs. And Barry Bonds, who was out there doing everything at the time, said, oh, is it just these home runs? I can show you home runs too. And then we come to find out he's juicing. So, with the overinflated numbers between 63 and 73, held by either Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire, or Barry Bonds, there's also 60 and 61. 61 held by Roger Mathis and 60 held by the babe himself Bambino the Gambino sorry the greatest of technically the greatest of all time Babe Ruth and right now with 31 games left in the season we have A very local guy here to here, South Florida, chasing all of these home run leaders one by one, trying to get all of them to move out of the way for him as he tries to cement his place in the Home Run Kings Hall of Fame. As this per se, as Juan Carlos Stanton, as you heard me mess up his name earlier in the, actually at the end of last year's podcast before we were talking about the All Star break. When him and Aaron Judge were sitting there almost neck to neck. Actually, Aaron Judge was a little bit ahead of him. Aaron Judge now sits at 37 home runs. And Juan Carlos Stanton has a commanding 51 home runs. That is 14 home runs better than anybody else in the league right now. Even the American League leading Aaron Judge. Now, the interesting thing about this is that Juan Carlos Stanton has also 100% acknowledged that there is a bunch of juice that is held at the top of this recordry. So there is a number that he is aiming for that may not necessarily be the top number. For him, as long as he gets past 61, he's okay with where he's at. He doesn't necessarily need to get to 73, 70, or even 67 home runs, which would put him ahead of Sosa and McGuire. 71 home runs. I'll put him in number two. No, he said he's perfectly okay with 61 home runs. 10 more home runs in 31 games. To be honest with you, but if you're going off of the kind of pace that he's going off of, you're talking about he can easily add another 15 home runs to this equation. And if that's the case, we're talking about Juan Carlos Stanton before the end of the season is, is complete. He can possibly go down as one of the top three single season home run hitters of all time. And granted that he doesn't count Sosa and them boys. And if he could get 15, that means technically in his eye, he is single handedly, hands down, beating him by six or more, plus six. Would be the home run, home run hitting leader for a single season in Major League Baseball. And isn't that something? Well, even more incredible. Does that give any kind of truth that you don't want to win the home run derby? Because he won it last year and he kind of fizzled out. Judge wins it this year and he can't hit for anything. What happens after you win the home run derby? That you just can't get right. We ain't gonna dwell on that. Because, you know, we're gonna go to a commercial break. We got a lot more baseball to talk about. We got some football to talk about. We still gonna get into some, into, some, into some basketball as well. But we're gonna get into commercial right now. And when we come back, we're gonna talk some sports. My team! They didn't join this team to win championships or become famous. They join because there is important work to be done, and only some able to do it. They are brighter, better educated, led, and equipped than any team in history. They are doctors, lawyers, engineers, technologists, and combat troops. 
all prepared for whatever comes their way. You'll find them where the lights don't flash, and the only contract they sign is with themselves and their country. One day, they may be asked what they did to make a difference in this world, and they can respond, I became a soldier. We are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. And once again, if you listen to the Mighty Sports Podcast, that means you happen to be fortunate enough or appreciated enough that you're listening on MightySports.net. Don't forget, while you're on the MightySports.net website, take advantage of any of the sponsors that you see there. I know a lot of you guys like to shop on Amazon.com. Well, hit up one of the sites on there. Go shopping on Amazon and see what they can do for you. Also, don't forget about Chegg and the many different services that Chegg can't bring to you. Whether you bought the book from them or not, whether you're in nursing school, whether you're in private school, whether you're in in public, you know, community college or university or anything else, go to check.com. You can trade in your books, get get some credit for them. You understand? Like, rent out your books only for the three months that you need them, or only for the six months that you need them. Save yourself the price. We're talking about gross savings. Don't let them make you pay $200 something for a book when you could just rent it for $30 for the semester. Yes, folks. And also get some money back when you turn it back in. Check it out. Check.com. So, as we were talking about baseball, right? Like, like it, made, it, made, it made me really wonder, was there something more to this home run derby thing? And I, I and I really couldn't imagine what it was at because one of the things that Juan Carlos Stanton had against him was how many home runs he had hit the previous year. We're talking about an astronomical amount of home runs. Remember, Aaron Judge had his had his victories locked in pretty soon. I remember he was always the chaser, so he didn't have to always set the bar. He just always had to break the bar, and those bars, you know, for him was set pretty damn low by his standards. So he crushed all of them and he was able to go out of his way, not not having to exert or hit anywhere close to as many home runs as, say, somebody like Juan Carlos Stanton. But something happens. Something happens after that home run derby when you become that winner that all of a sudden, I don't know if it's your swing, I don't know if people see more of your swing, especially your home run hidden swing. When it comes to it, or you wear yourself out, maybe that maybe you put yourself in a mind frame after that that you're a home run hitting guy because you were able to crush so many there, and because of you got there because you're home run that something fundamentally gets wrong with your hitting. But he is looking like just like the guy that that they basically had to send down to the minors so that he can get some work done on him. Like that, that's exactly what he looks like. And right now, I don't even know if I don't even know if if he's gonna be in the driver's seat anymore when it comes to handling his career because you can hear it already that they're getting ready to shut him down because they don't know where he's going and he is not helping the, the Yankees stay in first place like they really need to right now because right now the American the American League's East is being held by Boston with a record of 75 and 57 which means that the, for the Yankees for as good as they're doing right now they're holding on a wild card position and for a long time when this wild card position was first being talked about it wasn't looked as being as making the playoffs but now people are using the wild card position and making it an acceptable position to come into the playoffs and not as being looked as a playoff game because it is a one game one you know one one win come, come home you know win or go home kind of situation so you are so you are driving your own destiny here in the central, we have Cleveland leading that leading that division with 75 and 56, and in the west we have Houston, as, we, as once again our hearts go out to people in Houston with a 79 and 52 record. And you know, if any if, to anybody, if Houston wasn't looking scary before, you have to assume they're going to be looking a little bit more, a little bit scarier now, because even though they're losing right now, still six to one to Texas, right? The Houston Astros are still the best team in the American League East, and. They now have another added purpose, another added reason, another added level of motivation of why they may want to win a championship this year, of why they may want their very own champagne shower. So don't put it past them. The Houston Texans have already have already declared this season out to the people of Houston. And remember, the Houston Texans are only a quarterback away, and they believe they picked up that young man in the draft this year by the name of Deshaun Watson. The guy that just won 
a national college championship. So right now the American League is the American League is shaping up with Boston in the lead, taking over the East. We have, like I said, Cleveland in the Central and the Houston Astros win the West with 79 and 52, and holding on to two wild card spots. Like I said, the New York Yankees with 70 and 70 and 61, and the Minnesota Twins with a record of 68 and 63, and holding on those top positions in the National League. In the East, we have the Washington. We have Washington with a record of 80 and 51. We have the Chicago Cubs. You know it's Washington. We have the Chicago Cubs with a record in the central with a record of 71 and 60. And in the West, we have the LA Dodgers. See those Chicago and LA, I gotta point out to you. New York, I gotta point out to you. LA Dodgers with a league leading commanding record of 91 and 39 which is really bad which is really really weird because I, I believe that the LA Dodgers especially being an LA team aren't being talked about enough because right look because if you look at it right now if you look at it if you actually look at it right now what better and pull on pulling out over <laughs> pulling out those wild card positions we have Arizona Cardinals with a record of 74 and 58 and the Colorado Rockies with a record of 72 and 60 right so if you look at the whole entire landscape of baseball right now this should be an an exciting year you have Boston in the playoffs right you have Cleveland in the playoffs the Cleveland Indians now we all know the kind of buzz that not only the Cleveland Indians have in in a baseball world but what Cleveland has right now in the overall world in sports because of also LeBron James Houston coming out of the big state of Texas and also what's going down there with the hurry with Hurricane Harvey You have New York in the playoffs as well now Minnesota may not look like that big of it But Minnesota as far as baseball goes and Minnesota as far as the technology and, and a mini growth and a, and a miniature mid, mid mid kind of city Yeah, Minnesota is kind of big to be in there not only we have the Arizona Cardinals who are always compared and said that they are the New York Yankees of the You know, you know, what I mean they're the National League New York Yankees so having them there is major. Then we have an LA team that in there in the playoffs. That's major. You have a Chicago team that's in the playoffs. And we also have the the That is Washington DC, right? Or is that Washington State? Shit. Let's not dwell on that. But we have Washington in there. So you can you have every single major city. You have Every single major state and 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 the city to to represent them. You have Houston, you have Boston, you have New York City, you have Washington, you have Chicago, and you have L.A. And pulling up in the rear, you have Cleveland, Arizona, and Colorado and Minnesota. That should make for compelling baseball headlines. And for some reason, I don't think it is. I don't think I don't hear the buzz. I don't hear the buzz. I don't feel the buzz. But maybe that's because I'm not all into my feelings like that. Maybe that's why I can't feel the buzz. But you know who has been in their feelings lately? Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie Irving. As this Kyrie Irving-Isaiah Thomas trade starts to unfold and unwind and come to a close because in a, just about 12 hours from now 13 hours from now by the time this podcast is over let's actually say it's th- it'll be 13 hours from then that they're gonna have to make a decision on what is gonna happen with Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas because they are because now because of Isaiah Thomas's now unknown injury which I could have saw everybody knew about like, yes, Cleveland, we all are aware that you were getting two broken point guards and hoping that motivation of possibly winning a championship can get them both over the hump of a complete productive season. Meaning all, even all the way through to the playoffs. But there is a level of disrespect that's going on. And I, Isaiah Thomas feels disrespected. And we should understand why he should feel disrespected. Because... He lost his sister this year, and even after losing his sister, he still played. He he talks nothing more 
than about wanting to win in the city of Boston. How he how he how he ingratiated how the city how the city ingratiated him. Even though there were people that started burning his jersey. But you understand that he went out and he sought out guys like Tom Brady to understand what it took to be the kind of winner that he could be to represent Boston fully. And Boston goes and decides to, to trade him. And in the midst of that trade, people of Boston decide to burn his jersey as if it was his fault that he decided to get traded. Because you have to understand that Isaiah Thomas should feel disrespected because Isaiah Thomas is being disrespected. Now, we all talked about how Kyrie Irving felt disrespected a week or so ago, right? When, because he he knew that a trade like that couldn't happen without it going past LeBron. He knew that there's no way that you that you are approving Paul George coming to the team without LeBron James getting at least a good say so. At least that is what everybody believes. Basically, people believe that LeBron James is the John Cena of the NBA. <laughs> That's what they really believe. And I, I I wouldn't put it past them because, listen, LeBron James is the guy that levies his position as, as the greatest player in the league right now to state that, hey, I'm only going to have a one-on-one a one -on -one year. Or I'm only going to have a two-year you know, um, two with a one-year kicker. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep holding you responsibility and making sure that you spend the necessary money to make sure I have the team. And now that they, land, they made sure that they landed and they signed everybody they needed to do on four- and five-year contracts right before this salary cap spike the, they took up, and you now have your team, you didn't realize that your team happened to be a little antiquated already. Your team was a really old. Your team, like, your, power, your stretch power forward was already archaic. So, you wanted Paul George. We all know you did. And Kyrie Irving's a little bit salty. But the guy, that, like I said, who should reveal real salty right now is, yes, the one and only Isaiah Thomas. Because, like I said, if Isaiah Thomas feels disrespected, you want to know what Isaiah Thomas, to be honest with you, the people do too. Am I one of those people? Not really. Because I understand what's going on out there. But yes, there are people out there saying, listen, yeah, Isaiah Thomas is being disrespected. Look what they're doing to that man. Look what they're doing to this guy. Like this this guy, this guy busted. What I basically started out the segment saying, talking about this guy busted his heart for you guys. This guy played after the death of his sister. Like the only reason why he didn't finish out the playoffs is because his hip gave out on him. And now that his hip goes out on him, you're making it sound like you didn't know that his hip was going out on him. And now you sort of really think about it. A bad hip on a five foot nine guy that really depends on his athleticism and explosiveness to play this game of basketball. And on top of it, he just, he decided to not do the surgery. Huh, huh, huh. What player have we heard about recently that was rehabbing? They had something really bad happen to them. They chose the rehab over the surgery because they thought it was going to be better for them and they didn't want to be cut. Huh. Huh, who was that? Who was that? Who was that? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you after this commercial break. So are you stuck trying to figure out what to do on a Friday again? Well, stop worrying and stop thinking and head to Capone's nightclub in downtown Fort Lauderdale. This is where you'll find DJ Scepter mixing in the lounge room so you can start dancing and drinking. I understand you may be an introvert, so you may want to start drinking so you can start dancing. Regardless of what you do, make sure you do it with DJ Scepter every Friday from 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. Ladies, you bring your sexy. Fellas, you bring your swag. It's going down at Capone's. But wait, there is more trying to figure out what to do on a Wednesday well you can find DJ Scepter at Old Mally's from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. and if you're trying to figure out what to do what 
<laughs> DJ Sith is doing on a Thursday, you'll find him DJing for a golf tournament hosted by boat campers. And if you're figuring what he's doing on a Saturday, guess what? On a Saturday, he'll be doing a wedding. And on Sunday, he'll be DJing at Bow Market for these games. So listen, DJ Scepter is playing everywhere that you want to be. Like I, it could be a birthday, it could be a wedding, bar mitzvahs, quinceaneras, bachelor, bachelorette parties, golf tournaments, or just because it's a football Sunday, DJ Scepter is putting a royal touch on everything. And if you want to book him for some reservations, or contact him for reservations, just go to bookings at djscepter.com. That's B-O-O-K-I-N-G-S at djscepter.com. Tell him Mighty Sports sent you. DJ, that's my DJ, DJ Scepter, that's my DJ, DJ Scepter, that's my DJ, that's my DJ, that's my, hey. And we are back to the Mighty Sports Podcast. Once again, I am your host, the one and only talent, Throw My Taylor. Yes, Throw My, because all I do is take that, take that, take that, like one of my idols growing up, Mr. Puffy P. Diddy, Daddy, Diddy, Puffy, whatever he calls himself these days. I don't know. I get lost in his name. <laughs> so, as he was talking about it. So, he opted out, right? And he, 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 Isaiah Thomas, right? We're talking about this Isaiah Thomas trade to Cleveland. And the fact that this trade may not even go down because all of a sudden Cleveland wants to act as if they were unaware of the level of injury that Isaiah Thomas had. And they are not sure if he's the player that they want. And I don't blame Cleveland. Like I said, very recently, we have seen in other sports... Of a player, a key player, a point guard-like player for his team, opt out of having a surgery to do the rehab. And trust me, from a person that has also opted out of the surgery to do the rehab, you always eventually need the surgery. (laughs) Like, don't get it twisted. You're going to need the surgery. Everybody, listen, everybody that goes out and does the rehab over the surgery... They are really just fooling themselves. They are, they, 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 they are trying to talk themselves out of saying that, hey, that I don't need this surgery. Don't tell me what my body can do or what it cannot do. <laughs> that I am going to make this work. You don't know me. But they're doctors. They don't have to know you. They kind of know how the body goes. So they give you this option to make it sound like you have option. Do you want to go through rehab or do you want to have the surgery? And, then, and nine times out of ten, you get, most people say, hey, they want to go through the rehab first. Because all they're trying to do is extend being cut. And then what you end up realizing that you're going to go through rehab, you're going to go through rehab, you're going to go through rehab. And at the end of the day, you're going to need to get cut. And it happened to me. It ha- It's going to happen to Isaiah Thomas. And you know who it's happened to already? Yes, Florida's own Ryan Tannehill. Yes, Miami Dolphins on Ryan Tannehill. And how do I feel about that? Honestly, honestly. That's how how I truly, truly feel about that. Like, it is funny, but it's also sad. And what's going to happen to Cleveland is that Derrick Rose is going to end up being the starting point guard for the majority of the year because Isaiah Thomas is never going to get right. And you know what's also going to happen? Derrick Rose, ironically, may just stay healthy enough and be selfish enough to stay healthy enough to keep Isaiah Thomas coming off the bench. Because imagine if they're rolling with Derrick Rose. 
You think they're going to bring the the five foot nine guy off the bench while they still don't know what he's going to do? No, no, no. Listen, they may do it for the first time out of respect, but let him get that first little nick or ding again. And Derrick Rose is already playing right, and then he bring Derrick Rose back, and he continues to play right while while Isaiah Thomas has this little ding. I, Derrick Rose basically has now the, the, the starting position. Isaiah Thomas doesn't doesn't can't get a starting job over. Yes, Derrick Rose. Then he loses his value. Derrick Rose's value um, goes back up. Isaiah Thomas has to go back to taking peanuts. Somebody gets fooled and they sign Derrick Rose to some monster deal. And then Derrick Rose can't play again because he gets injured the very next season. That's how that works out. Listen, call me a soothsayer. It runs in the family bloodline somewhere. <laughs> So Isaiah Thomas feels disrespected, and the people feel disrespected. But you understand the people, like, and the, that they do not Isaiah Thomas like this. But you have to understand, Isaiah Thomas may not be worth the money. Isaiah Thomas was signed, exactly was already drafted by Sacramento. We get that, and he did nothing with Boogie Cousins. Yes, he went over there to Phoenix, and he worked his way up into a starting position. But that was only after two guys in front of him were injured. And yes, he may have put up the numbers to show that, so that whole he could finally ball out. But that also shows you that no matter what he did in Boston, which was take him to the Eastern Conference Championship, Boston. Is still saying that you know what you are expendable because not only are you already injured, but you're five foot nine and Kyrie Irving at six foot four, six foot three, or six foot two, or whatever you want to label him as, can do exactly what you can do, and we don't have to worry about hiding him in a corner like he's a baby. That's the truth. And you know what's gonna happen again? Isaiah Thomas has a one-year contract. And the Cleveland Cavaliers are not going to sign him because if they if they are smart, they take this deal from Boston and they get that number one pick from and they get that 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 first round pick from from the Brooklyn Nets that I'm, I'm going to guarantee you right now is going to be a top seven pick in the NBA. And you know what you do with it? You go get yourself some kind of point guard or scoring combo guard that can help take that ball out of LeBron James's hand but can still score but also was good enough that he can also take direction from LeBron James but also good enough that you feel that he may also be the future of your franchise if LeBron James decides to leave that every, like everybody says he may just because the man has homes in LA does not mean he's gonna move to LA I mean he's he, I mean, he has businesses he has movies he has things he can't manage it from both this man wants to build up Cleveland why don't you let him build up Cleveland that are speculating where he wants to go and this is why Kyrie doesn't want to be there because it isn't going to be about the team it isn't going to be about what Cleveland is doing it's going to be, always going to be about what LeBron is doing and how LeBron is doing and where LeBron is at and you know what Kyrie Irving is saying that you know what the best way for me to do what I need to do and and, and to be considered the guy that I want to be I need to go to my own team I need to go to my team my own team so I can be the leader of that team and of course listen Brandon Haywood and you're talking about Al Horford and then you have and you're talking about a guy like Marcus Smart and then you're talking about Danny Angel whoever is running Boston and and they're making sure that this that this monster is continued to flow to, to to flourish. It's not hard to win the Atlantic Division in the in the NBA. All you have to do is take it from Toronto, and Toronto learned that you can win it just by hustling. Because we see what what just a little bit of hustle gets them in the playoffs and gets them booted in the first round every single time. So I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not, I'm I'm, I'm I'm not a big fan of Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas is gonna go is gonna do really is gonna come out this year and he's gonna be disrespected again next year. Because you know what's gonna happen? There's not gonna be a lot of teams out there that's gonna wanna pay him that money. Somebody is. I'm hoping it's not the Knicks. Let's see the Knicks would do it and it'll just be something exciting to do. Cause you know what's gonna happen? The Knicks aren't gonna be coached up the same way that Boston was coached up. They ain't gonna go through that to that through that grit, and, that grit and grime like Boston was going through. Boston at Boston last year had three key defensive players going from point guard up to small forward or from shooting guard up to power forward depending on what kind of style, style of ball you wanted to play. I don't even know if we're going to get in fantasy football again this year or this time around. More than what I told you guys last year, if you want a good quarterback, get Rodgers, Breeze, or Brady. Wide receiver, you get Brown, Ola, Beckham, or Jones. You know, if you want a good running back, you get Johnson, Bell, or McCoy. If you want a good tight end, you get Gronk, Reed, or Kelsey. Those are the top three players at their position. We went through the rest. We went through the, we went through the top offenses already. But I told you who everybody was in the position they had. But you don't, you don't need to go through them or what or where, or where they should be taken anymore. 
what you need to do, um, if you're, if you're still unsure at this point in time, best thing I always tell everybody to do, do a fantasy draft. Look at everybody that, that you have. Do a couple of fantasy drafts. See what see what position they're actually taking, or see where you can get these people at, and know and know where and know where you can take them. That's that's the easily that's honestly the best way. See where you can get the people that you want, and let's also know that there's gonna be a couple of other guys around that position. See who you're willing to take in replacement of them to still gonna build the kind of team that you want. Do a couple of of of, of mock drafts. Mock drafts always hurt as we get down to the final five minutes of the show pretty soon. And we're going to spend it talking about, honestly, Kyrie Irving and Isaiah Thomas. Because I hear the people. I hear the people talking. And I'm telling you, like, listen, Isaiah Thomas isn't worth that money. And, that, and that's what generally everybody is saying. Sacramento said it even when they found out he can put up 18 points a game. Phoenix said it when they found out he could put up, like, 20-something points a game. And Boston is saying it when they found out he could put up 30 points a game. He is not worth the money. And now you throw a bad hip in there at five foot nine. Listen, I'm five foot seven, and I'm telling you, bad knees and a bad hip. Like, listen, I can't. I can barely. I can barely grab a rim anymore. I can. Listen, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling to touch the, to slap the backboard at this point in time. Like, like I used to be somebody. Like, I used to be a contender. I mean, like, I, I, I used to, I used to be, you know, like somebody that can. I used to be that person, <laughs> but not anymore. Let's see if I have an update on this game for you guys. Okay, so no update on this game for you yet. So, so the people think the people feel disrespected. Isaiah Thomas feel disrespected, and we're telling, and I'm telling you that if. You're gonna feel this if you're feeling disrespected now, then you're gonna to continue to keep feeling disrespected when it comes to Isaiah Thomas because Isaiah Thomas, I don't believe it's ever technically gonna get the money that you think that he should be getting from the teams that he should be getting it from. Because the good teams, they're not gonna be the good teams that are being managed right aren't gonna to want to spend that money for him. We're talking about somebody that's gonna be possibly commanding $30 million a, a year pretty soon. Nobody's gonna to wanna to pay that. They're gonna tell him to take 20 million, 22 million, 23 million maybe, even 25. I tell him, okay, go kick rocks. But that 30 million threshold, they're gonna want, they're not gonna to wanna to give it to him. They're not gonna to wanna to break the bank on Isaiah Thomas. And listen, and Kyrie Irving, I mean, listen, like the people say Kyrie Irving should feel disrespected too. Or, the, or that Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving is being disrespectful, I should I should say. And I, I think I've kind of explained this already. Kyrie Irving isn't being disrespectful. Kyrie Irving has been disrespected. Kyrie Irving is sitting on a, what, four-year, what was like 15 mil a year? Something like that? So... No, that's not no, that's not four years, sixty mil, like four years, nineteen mil. He's like getting like eighteen something like eighteen point five mil a year. So Kyrie Irving feels disrespected because at the time it was a good deal. At the time right now, Kyrie's Kyrie's being under Kyrie's worth double that. <laughs> Kyrie Irving when he when he resigns his deal should be getting over thirty million dollars a year. The kind of money that Isaiah Thomas wants. The kind of money that Isaiah Thomas isn't going to get but we all know what Kyrie Irving does we don't we still don't know what we still don't know what Isaiah Thomas can do or we know what Kyrie Irving does too I mean Isaiah Thomas does too he gets hit in the corner like, like a little baby you can't you can't trust him on defense at least Kyrie Irving can guard his man on defense Isaiah Thomas doesn't have that same luxury he had guys like Marcus Morta Avery Bradley guarding his man why he go guard the stretch four in the corner that isn't moving for some odd reason and just taking him to the post? Oh, eventually they figured that out and, and, and that was quickly put to an end. So he's saying Kyrie is being disrespectful he's being disrespectful when he's a when he's the guy sitting when he's the guy playing for half of the contract that he should be playing under. When 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 he's the guy that was told that you're gonna be built around and the moment that LeBron James wants to come home, 
that the whole that you are forgotten about. Kyrie Irving has been an afterthought in four years when he was under the impression that he was going to be the man in Cleveland. He was going to be the guy to bring Cleveland back to the Graceland. Now that Graceland for Cleveland was going to be just to be they were going to be lucky enough. Yeah, and that's the thing. That's how the narrative changed. You understand? That if Kyrie Irving would have done it, they would have felt grateful to him enough just to bring him back into the playoffs after LeBron James had left. Now what do you do when, if you go to Cleveland? Win him a championship? Cleveland. The place that nobody wants to go to. So badly that the person that's even from there has left once and is already thinking about leaving again. Thank you guys. That is the show. This is Talent Toma Taylor. This has been the Mighty Sports Podcast. You know what I say, man. It's a few things I say. Thank you. Stay tuned. Stay blessed and don't stress. And as we continue to build this this mighty radio and this mighty network, you know, I want to thank guys like Alif and Natalie and 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 Vince and and Zeus and Nadia and and a bunch of people along the way. I guess I'm I'm gonna have to start a new saying it if that's the case because as we build this thing, you know, you know, I, there's only one thing I can say: one hand washes the other, and both wash the face. I'm out. Sorry, boys. All the stitches in the world can't sew me together again. Lay down. Lay down. Always knew I'd make a stop there. But a lot later than a whole gang of people thought. Last call for drinks. Bars closing down. Southern. Where we going for breakfast? want to go far. Rough night. Tired, baby. Tired. PB&J Podcast coming soon. My tea?